On today's episode of Trust the Podcast, we will talk about the drama that has surrounded Philadelphia sports in the past couple weeks. We'll take a listener question, possible global listener question. We'll then discuss and catch up on uh, Sixers January action, including the late game heroics and the late game mistakes of the Oklahoma City game. We'll then get into bag talk. Let's rock. Wicked, 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 wicked. Wicked tones, you know what I'm saying? What's that? Uh, Metro Boomin uh, wants some more, nigga. Uh, huh, wiggy, 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 wiggy. Hold up, wiggy, 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 wiggy. Hello and welcome to Trust the Podcast, episode 14. My name is Steve Propelia, a.k.a. Stevie Sales. On the other line from maybe a little bit warmer than Philadelphia right now, Johnny Shy. What's going on, dude? Good talk. Good to talk to you. Yo, what's up, dude? Yeah, honestly, it's not. It's like eight degrees here. I know it was all right. cold as anything all over the place today. So, yeah, kind of brutal. Like- negative five here oh is it really okay yeah that's that's a big dude the difference between eight and negative five that's a pretty side that's that's a big difference yeah. that's a big difference i was walking to uh work today uh it is martin luther king day but yes i did have work at, dude same as well john um and my face was literally freezing off so happy to be sitting in a nice warm home in front of the microphone talking with you yeah absolutely dude you know what i was thinking i gotta get a actually i don't have to get one i have one uh, but i gotta start wearing it a scarf yes keep Sc- your neck warm exactly and like your your like face your lower face <laughs> your, yeah i mean John, low... maybe you can add that maybe you can add that in at the end of the podcast you know? yeah true <laughs> wink yeah it'll be like true that is more like end of podcast like yeah (laughs) all right so we'll leave that till the end of the podcast so uh we haven't talked in a little over a week or two yeah Um, uh personally i was a little sick uh my voice was not doing well and john was busy uh Talking on dates in Chicago, is that right? Whoa, all right, I guess, I guess, yeah, that's, that is what I was doing, but, uh, you know, I had other things that I was busy with, okay. uh, you know, like, sleeping, and sure. um, getting food, um, okay. you know, all the other stuff that I was busy with, that I was so terribly busy with, um, <laughs> maybe not as exciting as your refing and your coaching, but I have other things. That I'm doing. Uh, I don't want to get started on that because that's a whole other, another story. We've had a tough run at it. Yeah. Yeah. The old, the old team. We, yeah, the old ball team. Uh, but while we were away, we missed uh, some incredible drama. And I think that's part of the reason why we didn't uh, get an episode out last week was we had to sit and watch the Eagles game. And honestly, John, that Monday – uh, it just took a ton out of me. Like, yeah, I remember being so depressed, and like, there's no way I could have thought about the Sixers and recorded with you. I think we probably would have just talked about the Eagles the whole time. Yeah, that's true, dude. That was yeah, that was so brutal. And it was like, honestly, if you had told me at the in the middle of this season uh, that we would have won a playoff game this year, I would have been shocked. Like, I would not have believed you, but. Um, it's still, so like in terms of how bad we were doing in the middle of the season, it was a successful result, but it still hurts so bad to lose that game against the saints. It did. And I, I literally felt like my heart was ripped out of me when, uh, that ball got tipped and went to John's fingers. I know. Saints, uh, guys hands that literally tear your heart out. (laughs) It teared my heart out, John, it teared my heart out. Um, but uh, just today, actually, on Martin Luther King Day, dropped an article uh, basically uh, throwing Carson Wentz under the bus for being a bona fide, horrible leader. Um, you know, with that being said, there was also, uh, in the past week or two, 
drama about Kyrie Irving uh, maybe possibly not being the leader and bringing up uh, phone calls with LeBron while maybe putting down his teammates. Um, and then obviously the Sixers in general have drama all the time. So just drama everywhere, John. I feel like we're in the middle of a soap opera in Philadelphia. Yeah, it's inescapable, dude. And kind of like you're talking about how the Celtics have their drama and stuff. I feel like our drama is gets so, what's the word, like amplified or like blown out of proportion yeah. maybe. Um, and maybe that's just because I'm trying to like tell myself like everything's fine, everything's fine. But it, it really does feel like it gets blown out of proportion. And I actually was not able to read the the Wentz, the Carson Wentz article yet. But that seems like I, – I mean, I find it hard to believe just on the on fit, fit for face value like that he's a terrible leader um, given that he's had a pretty good deal of success with this team. Like two years ago, he ran that squad and like was almost yeah. MVP and everything. Um, and I'm seeing now that there are some Eagles who are coming um, to yeah, to his defense. So that to me, I don't know. I, I do have to read the article. I don't know what you thought about it, but it felt like it was getting blown out of proportion a little bit. It seems like a, a load of BS, honestly. Uh, apparently this uh, writer who wrote the article uh, kind of has put out like two or three other articles just – basically uh, just shamming Carson Wentz and talking up Nick Foles about how good of a leader he is and how Eagles respond better when Foles is under quarterback or is the quarterback and things like that. So I think uh, a lot of people on Twitter kind of wrote it off as as baloney, uh, as they should, because I love Carson Wentz, one, but two, I honestly just can't imagine a time that, like, he wouldn't be a good leader. Uh, from the service level and just watching him in uh, interviews and stuff, he seems like a really well put together person. Um, you know, maybe he's outspoken and stuff, but like what athlete isn't? So uh, I don't really mind either way. I just found it uh, incredibly uh, almost not not annoying, but just like incredibly in my face that right. the Sixers have so many problems and now the Eagles are having pro like like. It just feels like the Philadelphia media and people in it are trying to push ag- not agendas, but just like ideas that aren't really there so that they can get clicks. Yeah, well, that's true. And that's definitely, you know, a lot of people are, that's what they're trying to do is to get clicks to get traffic. But it also feels like, yeah, like you're saying that, especially with the Sixer stuff, like how about like Jimmy Butler and all that. And like when they had that thing with Brett Brown. Um, like when he was saying Jimmy Butler like complained about like the play style or the play calling or whatever. Um, Brett Brown like immediately said it was fine, and I feel like there's a lot of stuff. A lot, people like want the Sixers to fall apart completely. Like right. people, people want the whole project to kind of fail, and I feel like that's where a lot of that like quote unquote drama comes in because people are trying to like. They just Make want it. Fail. Yeah, they just want it to all fall apart, and I don't know. I mean, yeah. For now, for now, it's like it feels like the media is trying to make something something out of nothing. Uh, hopefully, that continues to be the case, and the Sixers continue to thrive. Um, in terms of the Celtics, though, uh, I don't know. Did you catch up on any of that Kyrie stuff, Johnny? Mm, Shy? No, not really. I didn't. I don't really. No. I kind of stick to. Uh, I, I stick to the Sixers and the Eagles, which I, I will bring that up again in a different regard soon. Okay. But I'm going to, okay. yeah. Because I know you like to talk about the Celtics and the other, the football yeah. team up there yeah. and all that. Well, this was, like, this was like big news. Like Kyrie okay, yeah. uh, was, was in an interview and he basically said, like, I called LeBron and, like, I apologized to him for uh, – not knowing enough about how hard it is to be a leader. And like now I understand how hard it is to be a leader because my inexperienced players that I'm playing with suck basically, um, which is like kind of a dickhead move by Kyrie. Yeah. And I thought like, and 
uh, they, there were videos of him in the middle of a huddle, possibly disagreeing with Brad Stevens. Uh, there was a end of the game, or like a <clears throat> there was a uh, last second shot that did not get into Kyrie's hands. It got into Gordon Hayward's hands, and he was pissed about that and like what uh, approached his teammates about it. And just recently, he came out and had like an incredible game against the Raptors and like led his team to victory. So a lot's going on with the Celtics, but there's not enough media attention on it. And I think that's absolute BS. Yeah, that does seem strange. Because, I mean, and I think, I don't know, I guess I'm not sure, but a lot of it comes down to Jimmy Butler and like how people, like the national media really has an idea of Jimmy Butler and that's kind of what they're going to continue to like put forth. So maybe that's not there as much with Kyrie Irving. They're kind of like giving him the benefit of the doubt. Whereas the one, the first little thing that Jimmy Butler does is, oh, like, oh, just like, oh, like typical, yeah, typical Jimmy there. Butler. Like, oh, typical. He's been doing it for years, like blah, blah, blah. So maybe that isn't there as much with Kyrie, I guess. But still, um, I'm all for Celtics drama and the Celtics Same. crumbling. So <laughs> if that, yep. if any of that, you know, continues to develop and become problematic, I would be cheering that right along, to be honest. Yep. I really hope that they like keep their core players. They don't trade anybody because I think realistically, as the season goes on, this is going to get a lot harder for them because uh, they really do just have so much talent and it hasn't exactly worked so far. And I hope it continues not to work. Yeah. The Sixers are kind of trending in the right direction. At least they're trying to, and the Celtics are just kind of seesawing. So yeah, uh, there's definitely an opportunity there for for the Sixers. Yeah, I think, and I think we might have mentioned this on a, one of the very early episodes, but I have the I kind of have a feeling that the Celtics' window for a championship might be like right now, and if it doesn't work uh, right now, it like it might not ever happen, you know. So if they absolutely, I think that yeah. that is something that they should be, you know, maybe that fan base should be worried yep. about. Al Horford's on decline. Gordon Hayward looking like his contract is overvalued. Kyrie Irving needs a max either next right. year or never, right? He's going to maybe get a max from the Knicks or something. Yeah. Uh, so a, it's, yeah, their a couple of, closing quickly. Yeah, a couple of the younger guys and uh, auxiliary players, who, which, which of them are you going to keep paying, you know? Yep. So drama, drama everywhere. Um, did you want to move on to the listener question? Yes, let's do it. Okay, cool. Um, so we are taking a listener question from a very good friend of the program, uh, Trust the Podcast uh, trustee over in Germany. Uh, so International. Uh, international. I honestly, I just tried to think of the actual city that he lives in, and I don't know it. <laughs> That's okay. He'll forgive you. That's all right. Yeah, so... So, yeah, um, the Trusted Podcast is an international phenomenon. All you trustees, well, I'm sure absolutely. you're well aware of the fact that we are taking over. Um, we are forced over. to... <laughs> we are forced to be reckoned with, as evidenced by our... <laughs> as evidenced by our international fans. Coming absolutely. up here with the question. Hit it, hit it, so hit it, Steve. He gave me... Uh, he gave me two questions, and he, ra- he right. started it off by saying... And I... I quote this directly. Two questions, my guy. I'm fat. <laughs> I'm fat. My guy. My guy. I'm fascinated by Philly sports right now. Oh. So who better to talk about it than the trust the podcast host himself? Which, uh, to him, I'm probably the host. But honestly, John, we're co-hosts. We're right? we're co-hosts. Yeah, it's a team. We're yeah, I hear. So. Yeah, I don't take offense to that. Don't worry. I'm not. I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> All right, so his first question, what are your thoughts on Carson Wentz? And I will, I should say, he sent this before the Saints game. Right. Then, what are your thoughts on Carson Wentz? Should the Eagles trade him? Was he just all year? What do you think, John? So, yeah, the question is whether we think we should trade Carson Wentz or whether he was just injured all year. 
that's basically the the question and it's the the ongoing debate in philadelphia sports uh radio media right now and as given that we are part of that uh philadelphia sports media um it's our time to chime in uh oh yeah i think that and it's given that nick Foles has given us so much success i think that the question of whether or not wentz was injured all year is a good question because the idea is that if he was injured, then that was why he maybe didn't perform as well or didn't get as many wins or as many like intangible clutch plays or whatever. But another, another, the flip side of that coin is that if he was injured, then that's two seasons in a row in which he couldn't finish the season because of an injury. And that on its own is still bad. If he's yeah, the still- if he's the kind of guy that is going to keep getting injured, then that's still bad, and that doesn't make me um, like want him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, it makes it makes you very uncomfortable. That's kind of where I am. Is that and no one really talks about this. I feel like is that there's a chance that Wentz is just. I'm sure people talk about it, but like not as much. And there's a chance that Wentz is just too injury prone to be a legitimate and consistent force in the NFL. And I think that's a valid question and I hate saying it, but I think that's a valid concern. I definitely, I definitely am. I am picking up what you're putting down. Uh, The only thing that I would say is like, I think it was a little misfortunate or unfortunate that (laughs) misfortunate. uh, (laughs) Sure. Let's heard it here first. Don't trust the podcast. It was was Carson Wentz's misfortune. Okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that uh, he played behind uh, our offensive line in the middle of the year that, like, I don't know what was wrong with them. They just, like, weren't on the same page. Like, I felt yeah. like they were le- leaking, uh, you know, getting sacks, like, all the time. And, like, he got banged up. Like, he got banged yeah. around in the middle of the season. Yeah. Uh, he came out playing really well. But there was a weird uh, kind of feeling around the team that uh, they just weren't – like you could kind of feel like they weren't as successful or being or, uh, yeah, like they had the possibility of being as successful as they did when Foles stepped in. And so with that being said, I think there's definitely a case to be made if I'm a person or if I'm Howie Roseman or if I'm a captain of the Eagles um, to say like – we love playing for Nick Foles. Like, we want to play for Nick Foles in the future. We want to p- play for him now. Blah blah blah. Um, there's also the debate that Carson Wentz is our future, um, right? The front office invested draft picks in him. Uh, we traded up to get him. Um, we would like to sign him to a franchise, you know, long-term deal. So. If I had to choose which direction to go in, I think personally I would choose the Carson Wentz direction and it's because um, I think he's more athletic and gifted. I think he's proven that he is smart enough to play at this level. Um, and I think he just needs a little more time to get healthy and, uh, you know, play. Just play. Just play some more, really. Yeah. Um, so if I had to pick, I would choose Carson Wentz. I would uh, sign Nick Foles and hopefully trade him for whatever value we signed him for and hopefully get something back. Because it would really suck to let Nick Foles walk. Um, the other thing that I'll throw in, I think Nick Foles' number should be retired, and I think it should hang in the rafters somewhere <laughs> at, Link, at Lincoln Financial. But that discussion's for another day. That is for another day. Um yeah, I, I mean, I think I, I see what you're saying, and honestly, uh, I don't see why I, I would be down to just like do what we did last year and kind of just try and keep both and see what happens. Um, yeah. But I think if my pick works. I'd be down to that. Too. Right, and it. Uh, I guess it probably won't for a second time in a row. But my thing is that if I had to pick, I think that. Carson Wentz has the potential to be the better quarterback, and like he might already be the better quarterback. But my pick is kind of going more towards Nick Foles just because I think that Carson Wentz is going to keep getting injured. Uh, and it feels like a shitty thing to say, but I don't know. Like That's just where I'm feeling right now. Yeah, 
it is fascinating though john the magic of nick Foles. like it's unreal uh, when the saints kicker missed that field wide to the right uh i don't know something like the bear into my heart like, oh yeah like, oh yeah it was almost like it was almost like that tom brady feeling like oh shit the saints just gave the ball back to nick Foles with three minutes left down a touchdown like, what a bunch of idiots yeah, like you could just feel like it was it was his time. Yeah, and, uh, they made those couple plays. There was the roughing the passer penalty. They're down at the twenty something yard line, uh, with still two minutes left. Um, I mean, dude, we could not have asked for a better situation. No, I know. And unfortunately, the stars just weren't aligned. But you know, call me crazy, but something magic uh, is going on with that guy and. Uh, it's unfortunate that it feels like it's it's over, but man, it, it was fun, dude. It was. It was, it was amazing. Yeah. Um, speaking of Tom Brady, though, I'd like to point out to all the trustees out in this world, um, internationally, home and abroad, that our my fellow co-host Stevie Sales recently, after the Patriots victory, which was last night, put up an Instagram of that man, Tom Brady. And I want to call you out and say that that is absolute bullshit that you did that. (laughs) You're going to sit here and talk about the magic of Nick Foles, and if I scroll through your Instagram feed, I'm going to see Tom Brady at the top, and that's BS. Let's – I I will say, John, I – reaction for him, uh, that Tom Brady Brady picture, and it has since been deleted – I will not uh, stray away from my Philadelphia-themed Instagram page. Um, however, I am a large Tom Brady fan. That's ridiculous. And do not try to put Nick Foles as a competitive competition on the same level as Tom Brady. There is no argument. Tom Brady is so much better than Nick Foles. There's not what? even a competition. There's Okay, um, no, I'm not talking about who's better, but... Nick Foles is the antidote to Tom Brady. He is the secret sauce that <laughs> that takes Tom Brady out. Dude, if we if if we got back to the if we got back to the Super Bowl with the Patriots, I would bet a million dollars that Nick Foles would have beat Tom Brady. A million dollars. Guess what? We didn't get there. We didn't. We didn't. And and Tom Brady did, which is the difference between Nick Foles the Eagles, Tom Brady, and the Patriots. No, because it's, unfo- it's unfortunate. The reason we didn't, yeah, no, 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 because we didn't, we didn't win this. We didn't win. Nick Foles was marching down the field in that Saints game, and Alshon Jeffrey made a mistake that was completely one-sided. That was a one-sided mistake. Alshon made that mistake. Nick Foles had nothing to do with that. All right, all right. Well, you did see that Tom Brady basically threw an interception to lose his team the game. It just got called back for all yeah. sides. Probably. It's BS. I hate that. <laughs> so whatever. Uh, thanks for calling me out for that. But John, I've done this before. I've done this plenty of times. Tom Brady, really good friend of mine. Oh my god. One that I keep near and dear to my heart. Just like, just like Kyrie. Just like Kyrie. It's ridiculous, and I hate, I hate you for both of those things. <laughs> uh, last thing I want to bring up about Quentin Wentz was he hurt all year? Uh, I don't think so. That's my answer to that, is I don't think he was hurt all year. Uh, I think the back injury might have been something that may have been nagging him throughout the year, but I don't think it was ever severe enough for the Eagles to look into it and think that it was anything more than just like, some back soreness. Like, Joel Embiid is back soreness. I have back soreness. John, your back is hurting you. Yeah. <laughs> we all have back soreness, I don't know. I, was he hurt all year? I say no. Well, yeah, but you're saying the thing about like um, how the line, you thought the line wasn't doing as well, but like I don't know. Uh, the line, it was the same offensive line when Nick Foles came in and got those wins, right? Like, yeah, I think the line was like more just in cahoots. They <laughs> kind of had time to play longer together and. Be better. I have no idea. But I don't think Carson was hurt. All right. Time. Wow. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's good. 
so go Eagles. That's I, I guess we put a bow on our Eagles talk there. Yeah, for sure. All right. Go Eagles. Go Birds. Till go Birds. Year. Always um, go Birds. So second question from uh, – from, jeez, uh, I almost said his name. But well, you can say his first name. Sure, that's fine. Second question from from Germany. Thoughts on trading Ben Simmons and the Miami unprotected first-round pick and possibly another pick for Anthony Davis. So let's not really talk about Ben Simmons too much. I just want to talk about the idea of right. Anthony Davis on the same team as Joel Embiid and Jimmy Butler. What are your thoughts? My, thought, I, my thoughts are, yeah, not talking about Ben Simmons, I don't really want that. I feel like Joel Embiid has the potential to be an offensive force at the same level of Anthony Davis, like as he continues to develop in the future. And I don't feel, I feel like having two big men, like two star big men uh, on the court at the same time makes a lot of sense. I feel like we should. If we were going to replace Ben Simmons, try and replace him with someone who was like him and could just shoot better, something something along those lines. I don't know if I like the potential having the two big men in uh, on the court at the same time. What about you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think uh, unrealistically and maybe in my dreams, the tale of the two towers, Lord of the Rings esque, <laughs> uh, is something that would be awesome and like so much fun to cheer for and just like a fun idea um i mean the Pelicans basically tried this a little bit with right. anthony davis and boogie cousins and that was fun as hell and and the nba fans loved it uh so i personally would love it again i think it's more of a dream than a reality uh anthony davis and you know, the, on the same teams, probably not a great idea. <laughs> um, yeah. But, Dude, I'd rather have Boogie I mean, Cousins. I'll take, I'll trade anyone for Boogie Cousins. I just want him on in a Sixers uniform. I kind of think so, too. Like, I feel like Boogie Cousins would be uh, completely okay with, like, standing on the uh, outside of the three-point line, just chucking up threes all the time, and, and B can dominate inside. But I feel like Anthony Davis would not be okay with that. That's kind of my take, and like right. I can't imagine Davis playing in the post and and be just standing around, right? Like he would hate. That. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, it's fun in theory, but I don't know if, if either of us are really into it. Um, so thank you to Joe from Germany, um, for that international question, and thank you for following us even while you're abroad there. Um. So let's just move on to uh, Sixers January, which we are past the halfway point of um, on this January 21st day. Right? That's today. Yeah. Yep, January 21st. So, yeah, I was pretty nervous, man, when we lost to the Wizards and the Hawks. Uh, I was ready to just say, like, Sixers January was over. It was all sham. Like, I was ready to throw in the towel. Um, but if you kind of just like ignore those two games, <laughs> we've been pretty good in, in in January so far. There's been a lot of good wins tucked away on uh, the past couple weeks, honestly. Yeah, uh, it's honestly just disappointing that we couldn't pull out those wins. Because uh, if we did, we'd be sitting pretty at like nine and one or ten and one. We should, yeah, in, we we should be with one loss in January. Yeah, yeah, and that would be, like, amazing. And the coolest thing would have been uh, playing the Rockets. I think it's at is, – is it at home tonight, John? Uh, yes, my parents are going. Oh, sweet. Nice. So, yeah, I mean, we're playing the Rockets at home tonight. And two years ago when we played the Rockets at home in January, when 6th of January really begun, <laughs> me and you uh, – actually, I don't think you were there. <laughs> I feel like you were, though. I don't know. Uh, me and you uh, watched a unbelievable uh, Sixers uh, victory over the Rockets. That was the last game Joel Embiid played that year. And I remember uh, that I drank way too many fish bowls at Xfinity. Yeah. And 
was in bed hungover for the rest of Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> drank so much. <laughs> Dude, I think I think I saw a Sixers loss to the Rockets. Now that I'm thinking about it, I think I saw James Harden have a 50 point triple double. Um, when I was at that Rockets game. So it might have so been... The Rockets are just busy tearing our hearts out. Yeah, it might have been a different game. I'm not sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's tonight. That's like in 20 minutes. So that hopefully we, if we can get that win, that'll be um, yeah. if, uh, another big win in Sixers January. Uh, and I think, yeah, I think maybe not as huge of a win, but uh, the T-Wolves game, that was in Sixers January, and that was like... We had 83 points after the first half, and the yes. the T-Wolves, like, aren't good. And that's fine. We know that. But <laughs> we just looked, like, that was like a hyped-up game. Like, everyone was like, oh, Jimmy Butler's playing the Wolves again. It's going to be a whole yeah. big thing. And then we just stomped them. And, like, it feels really good uh, to stomp, like, those not-as-good teams. Uh, and that made me feel real happy, honestly. Yeah, and I think, uh, I mean, I don't think I know in that game, Keith McConnell had an unbelievable time crossing up his good old buddy, Sarge Sarge. You know what? That just really that just really warmed my heart yeah. uh, to see those, those two getting along again. And then, yeah, hearing about them, like, going to like, get dinner and then get breakfast the next morning yeah. and, like, stuff like that. Like, that was great, dude. I miss Dario. And I feel like, yep. I feel like, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't feel too optimistic about Dario's current trajectory uh, career-wise. I don't know if he's really doing all that well on the Wolves, and I don't know if he's getting all that much playing time either. Um, so I know what you're saying. It makes me, that makes me kind of sad, but it is what it, it is. It kind of sad too, but, you know, whenever I get sad in situations like this for Dario and TJ um, – <laughs> I just think about them sitting at park, yeah, at a restaurant in Rittenhouse, yeah, and enjoying a nice broken madame with a brulee latte, uh, and I imagine sipping on those lattes and getting like coffee mustaches and just like <laughs> smiling at each other. So ha- so happy to be together. Uh, that's nice. That's nice, Steve. I like that thought. Yeah, that's good. That makes me feel better. Good, good, good. And so that week, John, we went into Indiana yeah. and laid the wood. In we all, yeah, Indiana. dude. Yeah, yeah we so did. That was cool, and that was on ESPN too. So that was a great show. Yeah, those were two. They were back to back. Those were two good wins. Like, really made me forget about the two, uh, the the Wizards and the Hawks losses. They, yep. it, it was good to see. And then so the then, the Oklahoma yeah. City game against the Thunder. We lost that game um, only by a couple, and I think that that was really telling in a lot of ways. It was a big game. We ended up losing it, but I felt like pretty good after that game despite yeah. having a loss, just like the way we looked and the way we played. And I think that um, we were going to talk a little bit about the very end of that game, which is cl- obviously yes. the most exciting part. So if we could like just do a close, a close inspection of those last – like two minutes, 90 seconds maybe even, because um, yeah. it was exhilarating. Yep, and so uh, I was at the game. Oh, yeah, um, nice. I was, sitting, I was sitting in section 18, uh, row two. So I was behind the basket. Okay. Jimmy Butler finished that layup on. Yeah, oh, um, perfect, so I was behind dude. behind that basket. The place was packed. Uh, it was a sold-out arena. Um, what's really nice about the Sixers arena now is that they redid – the behind the seats area with the concession stands and things like and they just get like a lot more spread out it's a lot easier to just kind of walk around and do your own thing and get uh drinks easier there's no lines really um, so, yeah so that's my takeaway from the outside of the court uh part of the okay. game okay uh, it's a lot it's just a funner more easier time like i don't feel like i'm rushed to get a beer or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, true. You're like in, you know, crowded in exactly. by all the people and everything. Exactly. So, uh, the last 45 seconds of that game. So, remind me what happened. So, so I, yeah. What happened? Free throw line. We, yes. were, we were down by three, uh, and Joel got fouled shooting a three. That was definitely a foul. And, yeah, and that was definitely a foul, and I loved, loved, loved that play um, because it's what he does every time. 
in the low post, and he just saw the opportunity to do it on the three-point line where he scoops. He knows that the guy's going to jump or has his arms extended, so he scoops his arms real low and then takes the shot. And he does that every time when he's posting people up, and he draws so many fouls, and then Russell Westbrook fouled him, and it was just the right call, and Russell Westbrook yep. was complaining about it, but he was wrong. Like, that was definitely yep. a foul. So I love, to, foul. I love to see Joel kind of extending that skill in that moment. That was just like a smart play by him, and I, it, it was it was cool yep. to see. And it was it was Russell's sixth foul, so yeah. when he was leaving the court, I got saying, hit road, Jack. And don't you come <laughs> back. No, 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 no. Let's go, so dude. That was, that was fun as hell. The Sixers <laughs> arena doing a great job. Doing a great oh, job for this game. Absolutely. So that was fun. Uh, so I was actually freaking out that Embiid was going to miss those free throws because – Earlier in the game, he had actually missed two, and he looked horrible doing it. Like he was. Oh really? Uh, yeah. He was like basically falling down, trying through. Like I don't know. It, it was almost like he was just like dicking around and not trying. Right. Um, but he stepped up and nailed all three free throws, so that surprised me. And yeah. then right after the shot, right they double teamed, they double team or yeah they doubled yeah. The, the inbounds. Yeah, and yep. so here's here's he, came in. I have a I have a thought and I want to hear what you think about it regarding regarding that defense uh, when we double teamed them after those foul shots uh, and got the steal. So after we made that third foul shot, Billy Donovan called a timeout, and I think that if he had not called that timeout, then we would not have double teamed the inbound right away on a full court press. So I think that Billy Donovan. Well, it sucks because they ended up winning the game anyway. But like in the moment, I was like, "Oh, he just lost the game." Because I thought that Brett Brown used that timeout to react and be like, "Hey, fuck it, like let's just go double team them." I don't think that they would have been ready to do that right off of a foul shot. And I was wondering if that was just like too much of a conspiracy theory aluminum hat on my part. <laughs> but that's what I felt. That's what I felt watching that game. I was like, "Dude, hell yeah!" Like Brett Brown like all, called an audible and, and got that steal. Like I didn't think it would have happened otherwise. So that's exactly what I thought too, John. Let's go. <laughs> I thought I thought that was Brett Brown's idea, and so when it happened, as it was happening, I I was surprised. At first, they were double teaming the ball. I was like, "Oh my god!" I literally said, "Oh my god!" Like, yeah. Wow. I was like, "Oh my god!" I didn't really like get what they were doing, and then I realized they were double teaming the uh, the point guard who had Ferguson. Uh, Ferguson, uh, fuck, I forget his first name. But Me too. The whole first quarter, I kept going out loud. I kept going, "Who is this guy?" Right. Who is this guy? Just Dude, he had, never he, heard of him in my life. Yeah, he had a gigantic game too. And he had a good game, and so he was bringing the ball up, and so they double team him, which is so smart. And maybe I don't know how they knew he would have the ball because if Dennis Schrader has, has the ball, he can't. They can't double team him because he's right. too quick. Yeah. Um, Ferguson had the ball, so they took advantage of it. Um, so I thought that was, I thought it was Brown's idea. I thought it was an unbelievable idea. And Jimmy Butler played the out pass so very nicely. Like, yeah. He was he was inside the three point line when he started his run for the ball, and he tipped it and then went in for that layup. And I was I was so. Like, I've never been more excited because I knew that that was planned, and it worked. Yeah. And it might have just won us the game. Yeah, I can't I can't even imagine what it was like in the stadium for that play, dude. It was crazy. It was crazy. I, I was high-fiving everybody. <laughs> it, was also, it was also kid day. So they were like, Wait, what day? Kid. Kid? It was, it was literally just called kid day. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so there were just thousands of kids. There were just kids everywhere. And the halftime show was a drum line of kids who looked like they were like nine years old. That's awesome. It was sweet. It were was they so, good? So like, yeah, they were great. <laughs> my, my girlfriend was like, "Oh, this reminds me of you and John when you guys were in the drum line." In this Hell one. yeah, dude! Hell yeah, we were. That was awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. I don't want to talk that should, about that now, but that should have been us out there, dude. We should, we should, me and you should uh, perform our drum line. Yes. At, at out on the Sixers court. Yeah, that would be fun as hell. Um, <laughs> 
so I like when that layup went in, I was just like high fiving all these kids like around me and their dads, and like we were all just like having a ball. And, like I'm sitting there and I'm looking up at the scoreboard and I'm like, okay, we're up, we're up two points with uh, seconds left. I'm like, okay, well I should probably calm down because there's still a chance that the Thunder could win. Yeah. So I so I calmed down, and then I got to watch one of the worst defensive plays that I have seen in a really, really long time. Yeah. What did, what did you think about the last play? What, you're talking about when Jimmy Butler committed that foul? Yeah, and, and Paul got open. Yeah, oh, right, okay. Dude, I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess it's more important that he, the fact that he got that wide open, because, I mean, yeah. the foul, uh, he did make that foul shot, but I don't know. Just letting him get that three. Because it's especially bad because there's no other option. Option. Yeah, there's, no, there's, there's nobody else on the floor. There's no realistic – it's it's literally – there's no way that anyone else was getting the ball other than Paul George because yeah. Russell Westbrook was on the bench. The bench. So it's like you know what is about to happen, and we still couldn't defend it. That was the worst part because – even yeah. sitting there before before I called the play, I was like, well, they're going to try and get it in Paul George's hands. Like, So let's just defend him. Yeah. And I was with my friends who didn't really care, and they were like, damn, dude, you just called your own demise. I was like, yeah, I hated that, and I hate I myself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what really drove me nuts was they're up by two, and the, the conversation in the huddle should be, like, we cannot give up a three, especially right. Paul George. Right. Right? conversation should be if we're giving up a three it's to tracy ferguson or whatever his name is right. or dennis schrader who both Tra- ferguson just not proven enough schrader not a, a very good three-point shooter he can shoot threes but he's not a clutch three-point shooter paul george has been for years known for taking game-winning shots for the pacers um even oklahoma city they they give him game winners he's also yeah a bona fide mvp candidate this year and from what i saw in the defensive alignment of the sixers they were unprepared for the infinite or for the inevitable possibility that paul george was gonna just come right up to the top of the key and hit a three win like that's the only place that you need to guard uh john bead was sagged into the lane not guarding anybody while jimmy butler didn't trail hard enough on the screen, and I rewatched the play. Obviously, in person, it sucked. It was a Stephen Adams screen, right? Yeah, it was a Stephen Adams screen, and obviously, his screens are as big as Australia. But um, <laughs> like, I don't know, man. Like, when there's a will, there's a way. And like, if you're the Sixers, you just did all this hard work. They were down uh, 11 points since the fourth quarter, uh, so they were losing. By a ton, they did all this work to get back in the game, and they had the game won, and then they just, you know, fuck up on one possession. Yeah, it was, it it just sucked. It It did suck. It was a shitty way to end what I thought was a really good game. And if you look at the box score, um, I took a picture and sent it in our group chat. Uh, That's a that's a a winning box score for this Sixers team. Yeah, right. One that they need to have come playoff time. Yeah, uh, Joel Embiid like thirty points, seven assists, fifteen rebounds. Ben Simmons twenty points, uh, ten assists, like fifteen rebounds. Jimmy Butler twenty points, like JJ Redick twenty points, like yeah. that's a game-winning box score. So I I feel like that was a game that we needed to win or just wanted to win really badly, and I don't think that final play reflected uh, that that will to win. Yeah, no, I hear that. I mean. I, it, yeah, it just sucks. But then we also got another opportunity after that, um, and we had what Ben Simmons with the ball in his hand driving up the lane, yeah. and then he got it to Jimmy Butler for like a shot that wasn't it, it, it wasn't there. He didn't have a shot at all. Yeah. Um, Did you see Ben Simmons try to like act like he was going to pull up and shoot a three? Yeah, dude. So <laughs> what a jackass! I know, I know. Uh, but I think that. So I'm glad that the ball got in the hands of Jimmy Butler. But to be perfectly honest, I've seen live a couple of times uh, where Ben Simmons has the ball in 
end-of-game opportunities, and I feel like he almost always messes it up. Um, 100%. So I don't even want him, and this is crazy to say, like he's one of our star players, but I don't want him bringing the ball up when there's under 10 sec when there's like 10 seconds left. I, I just don't want him to even touch the ball. Yeah, and I think I saw somebody mention that um, on Twitter. Like, why not put uh, Ben Simmons in opposite corner setting a screen for J.J. Reddick um, and have Jimmy Butler bring the ball up? Like, you feel like that would probably be the best possible way to score a three-pointer or a two. Which, yeah, we didn't need a three. We did. We only needed right. a two. Um, because even if Ben Simmons gets all the way to the rim and he gets fouled, there's a huge chance he misses both free throws. Right, exactly. So his his skill, it, it just his, I feel like his late game impact is just so diminished. And I, yeah, I would have rather seen exactly what you're describing. Jimmy Butler bring the ball up. I don't care. Ben Simmons go set a pick or something for those final moments. Yeah, that's totally what I would have preferred to see. Um, Same. But you know, it was a heart wrenching game. It was an entertaining game, and like you said, our players for the most part, did step up. Landry Schmidt, he had like three, not exactly, but like almost three threes in a row uh, at one point. He played really well. It was like, he did exactly what we needed him to do. He scored like 12 points. He uh, was active offensively and defensively. He had a great game. Yeah. I think one thing that um, these past couple uh, wins and then the Oklahoma City game, uh, showed us as well is that there's a chance that our supporting cast, um, Landry and Jonah Bolden, I, let's, I, I can just talk about those two actually. There's a chance that they develop into becoming very real uh, sixth men and like impactful players. Like I know that we're not as excited about our bench, but I think that those two guys have the potential to become real uh, you know, bench players like a, a, a good bench. So yeah. that t- that kind of thing takes time, honestly. So, but I think there's a chance that those two guys become better and better and better, and for those big game opportunities. Definitely. And somebody asked me uh, like what the six were missing, and obviously there's a lot of answers to that. But one of them was just uh, athletic big men behind Joel Embiid. Yeah, um, for sure. And Jonah Bolton's that guy. Uh, just wish Jonah Bolden was more red. Um, and that's something that the Sixers are definitely missing is uh, a stretch four or five who can do some rim protect- protecting and uh, be very versatile out there for you. And that's one thing that um, we saw on Oklahoma City on Saturday was they are full of guys who protect the rim and work their ass off defensively and then can uh, or have developed offensive games. One being Jeremy Grant, who we traded for a meaningless second round pick. Yeah. So, you know, that's on Colangelo. Um, and Jeremy Grant had an awesome game. Um, so it's unfortunate that we've traded away some pieces that could really help us this year, but that's just the reality of the situation. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. And, Instead of trading them away, hopefully those things that we need, those missing gaps in our roster, maybe guys who are already on our roster can grow to fill those gaps, which would be cool to see. Definitely. So that's kind of that's kind of um, our take on the past couple games, uh, the past couple Sixers January games. It is uh, currently 7 o'clock, so that's game time. So we're going to start wrapping it up, I think, Steve. Does that sound good to you? Absolutely. Let's do some bag talk. so this is really random um we're gonna tweet out a picture from the trust the podcast account that the Sixers tweeted out earlier today while uh, a couple of players were arriving at the stadium uh them had a separate bag um joel Embiid, uh ben simmons landry shamet and jj raddick so the first three all had like a special sort of Gucci bag. Um, well, it's like a, was, it's like a small. It basically yeah. looks like a lunchbox kind of. Um, it's got like a diamond pattern on it. It is. It, it's very small. It's like the size. It's like smaller than Joel's hand, basically. Yep. 
Yep, and JJ Reddick had a backpack. So we <laughs> want to talk about was in these bags. All right, so do you have do you have it on your phone right now? I do. I'm looking right at it. So let's go in the order that they are. So, so that you means start with Embiid. Yeah. So Joel Embiid. Okay. So it needs to be noted that Joel Embiid is also wearing a Gucci T-shirt. Yeah, I think he's got a Gucci jumpsuit on. It's all Gucci. It's yeah, got to be right. That, that zip up is a gold gold Gucci, and then his. I'm trying to look at the brand. I don't see it, but it looks like Gucci shoes and jog- yeah. uh, joggers. Yeah, I'm looking at the shoe. I, I can't tell with the shoes. I can't tell. So first of all, how expensive is his outfit if you had to put a number on it? Dude, oh my god, I'm so bad at like this kind of like estimation and stuff. Okay, so let me give like da 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 a couple hundred. Da, da, da. I'm saying fifty five hundred bucks. Fifty five hundred. Okay, I was gonna go like more like two thousand, but. <laughs> I feel like the shoes alone are like true. Two grand. <laughs> that's probably true. That jacket could be upwards of two grand too, dude. That's a that's a ball. Right, it's wait. a okay. Bag, 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 bag. What's yeah. in his bag, dude? What's in his bag? Definitely some random shit. Like definitely like a bunch of candy or something. I'm saying candy. <laughs> I'm okay. saying he's loaded up with Joel and B's got candy in that little Gucci bag. Alright, alright. And so Joel Bead's Gucci bag looks more like a lunchbox. He's also <laughs> holding it with two fingers. So he's grip he's gripping this bag with his index finger and his thumb. So yeah. there's not much in there's not much in this bag. So it's a light a good, it's a light load, yeah. It's a light load. So candy's a good guess. My guess is that he's either carrying uh Shirley Temple ingredients, he's uh-huh. sneaking in through the security. Um, yeah. <laughs> my other guess is that it's uh, video game controllers for the Xbox in the <laughs> locker room. Oh, dude, yes. That, you he know that's what he's doing. In, in <laughs> so, okay, so yeah, me and you both are guessing pretty childish pretty childish contents of Joel yep. Embiid's bag, and I'm sure that he would appreciate to hear that from us. <laughs> yep, all right, so J.J. Redick, uh, he's repping a Canada Goose jacket with Adidas shoes, that look like they got bought at Models. For sure. That that's those black. are clearance rack shoes. There's no doubt. <laughs> black uh, chino khakis. Um, so what do we think is in JJ Reddick's knapsack? So yeah, it is like a knapsack. It might be a. It it could either be. It's indeterminate. It could either be a backpack that he has over one shoulder, or it could just be like a duffel bag that only has one strap. So, jury's still out on that. But <laughs> there's definitely like. Just a bunch of towels and like ace towels. and like ace bandages and stuff in there, you know? <laughs> like definitely like really practical. Like 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 this he has like this particular brand of like yeah. a an ankle wrap or something that like the trainers don't have. So he's like, Oh, I bring it I bring in my own. Like I got my own. Like yep. definitely real like, practical stuff. I like that. So one thing that I heard is that JJ Reddick is a, is a proud Equinox member. Have you heard of Equinox gym? Yeah, the gym, yeah, yeah. Yep. That's what I imagine. He's bringing like towels or sweatbands or something from Equinox. Oh, he can't, he can't go without them. Like, yeah, he's, he's like cannot go without the Equinox stuff. Um, secondly, and probably more likely than the towels, is he has his podcasting equipment in there because oh. he just he just came from a meeting with a uh, with a uh, a podcast producer that he's maybe recruiting to join his team. Or uh, he was podcasting with somebody. He was interviewing somebody. True. So that's my guess. True. I love it, dude. We should take after him and carry our podcasting equipment all around with us. And, yeah. dude, if he does have Equinox stuff in there, he definitely loves talking about the thread count of their towels. You know what I mean? Like, he yes. talks about, like, how high quality they they are, like, all the time. Yep. All right. All right. So the picture is Landry Shaman. Okay. What do you got? So, wow, what is Landry? So he's looking very fresh. He's in a full suit. He does look good. So he's, like, obviously Joel was doing the whole Gucci thing, but, like, Landry looks good. Like, he's he's dressed very nicely. Oh, my God, Steve, zoom in on his sleeve. He has LS on his cuff. Damn, I see that. Dude. That's sick. Okay, so I'm going to just follow up with the whole look that he's got going on. He's definitely got, like, 
some crazy cologne that he wears, like some in-game yes. in-game yeah. cologne that's like specially ordered for him. Cause he's got the whole he's got like the whole GQ look going on, dude. He's very much feeling himself. I think he just has ten different colognes in that bag. Yep. All right. So I think he has. I think you're right with the fragrance, right? He's trying to play the like businessman who's going out uh, to meet like his girlfriend or something. So my my guess is that he has like uh, a box to fit that Rolex in. Um, He's got like True. the the uh, the soft leather bags that the cufflinks come in, so he can put his cufflinks in there. <laughs> and then he uh, he has like a special on his belt that he takes off, maybe like a personalized LS belt that he puts in that bag. So <laughs> he can he can add that embroidery to like any belt that he has. Yeah, that's my. And I feel like he's very particular about that. Just looking at like his. His shoes and the way he's dressed and the way that very he's particular. very particular about LS branded uh, branded clothing. Um, so I, he just has like a lot of miscellaneous stuff for his uh, evening. Yeah. Okay. Um, I like yeah, that. That's my guess. <laughs> yeah, he's very he's very he's very put together, Landry, which I you know pleasantly surprised by. So yeah, last so the, the next last picture, guy. Tell me, John, if you think that. I've been looking at this the whole the past minute. Is Landry Shamet's bag and Ben Simmons's bag the same? They're just holding them at different angles. Yeah, that's definitely correct. So that's that's tough on Ben Simmons. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, or it's tough on Landry. <laughs> they all clearly went shopping together. More tough on Ben. <laughs> yeah, I get that. That's true. That's supposed to be like the superstar, and he's got the same thing as Landry Shamet, a rookie. They did well. What this tells me is that they definitely went shopping together. Yeah. So you think that maybe they just got back from the Gucci store? Dude, there's a very high chance. But Honestly, yeah. so what do we think Ben has in here? He's holding it in a strange way. He's holding it like kind of like he's cupping it and like holding it from the bottom, which is weird. Yeah. So I think it's kind of heavy. It does look like it is kind of heavy. Yeah. Or it's like, or it's like he's holding something up. So like whatever's in there, he's holding it up. Yeah, dude, you know what's definitely in there? It's definitely like a bunch of what's her faces, Kylie Jenner's makeup and stuff. And he's just like, he's not actually holding anything for himself. It's all just like, she, she was like, oh, like, can you bring some of this? Like, I don't have room in my bag. Like, can you bring this yep. for me? That's definitely yeah. what's in there. <laughs> yep, she's like trying to sneak something in. All right, well, that's a good point, though. So that was going to be my guess was that he's sneaking something in for himself or for Kendall. And my guess was going to be that he's trying to sneak in wine in plastic, <laughs> uh, in plastic containers, and he's holding it that way so that it doesn't clank or like make any right for the security guard to check on what's in there. Yeah. Um, so we both had the other, same idea <laughs> of bringing yeah, something my, in for what's her name. Well, so the, my other guess was that because this kind of looks like a shaving kit. True. So, yeah. My other guess is that he's bringing in uh, hair clippers for the uh, barber who is meeting him at Wells Fargo Center to help, uh, you know, line up his, his shape up. Dude, yeah, his shape up does look good already, though. But yeah, I can see that he's got the he's got the but, the in house guy, the in house guy. Being, yeah. Being from Delco, being from Delco, you should know that a shape up is never. It's never, yeah. You could always make it a little bit better. That's you true. You always make it a little better. <laughs> um, all right, so that was bag talk. That's bag uh, talk. We, we, I feel like we've done this before offline where we talked about pictures that the Sixers put up because, like, one time Ben Simmons was basically getting out of, like, a floating living room. True. I forget if we talked about that on the podcast. But I, I think we briefly did. Days. Yeah, so we should do this more often when the Sixers put out pictures. Yeah, I like it. I like it. It's pretty fun. All right, cool. Um, so thanks for joining us, trustees. Uh, next week we'll be back at it, uh, wrapping up 6th January, and hopefully hopefully we'll be up 6th January, January on a good note. Uh, two tough home games against uh, Western up in competition, and then we go out west to Denver, L.A., and Golden State. By the way, I'm uh, planning on scheduling a trip to L.A., hopefully to see a Lakers game in late April. So Ooh. hopefully LeBron comes back and is healthy by then. Yeah, dude, hopefully that'll be sweet. 
So you got any advice for us? Yeah, so final words, if you we alluded to it earlier, all you trustees out there, it's cold out there, okay? It's cold. <laughs> and you know, I know that you have a hat, I know that you have your jacket, but you got to get a scarf too. And if you have a scarf, you got to learn how to tie a scarf cuz not naming any names, particularly myself, but some people don't know how to put a put a scarf on. And I, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But you got to learn how to put a scarf on. So go ahead and do that. All you trustees out there, learn how to wear a scarf. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's Johnny Chaz, a little bit of it, of course. Uh, we'll see you next week. Later.